0: Hello everybody, welcome to Cello with Tutti. And today, as a guest, I have my amazing soul host today, is going to be Karina. Karina Daz, I'm so happy to introduce her. She is half Colombian and I'm Colombian, so I'm like, yes. And also, uh, she is doing music, which I think that is so cool. Uh, being able to do dreams and to face, um, well, the challenges in coming and, you know, open yourself to it and bring your gift to everybody. That's amazing, Karina. Hi, how are you? Hola,
1: I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. How are you?
0: I'm doing fantastic. Super happy to have you. And I am, I can't wait. I can't wait for you to, to tell your story. Karina, so you are well you were born in new york yes and out of puerto rican parents and colombian parents (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so how was it growing up in new york um in a spanish household yeah uh, to an english culture
1: well um i think that's a great question and it really informs Actually, who my entire identity and who I am as an artist is, and I think a lot of people can identify with this Latin Americans who live here is sort of a dual identity. Um, Like you said, I, I was raised in a Latin household, um, but in the United States. So I was uh, for no better word confused. (laughs) As a child, I feel (laughs) Um, Growing up. You know, I lived in different boroughs. I lived in different parts of New York, but for a large chunk, I did live in Long Island, which um, basically all of my friends were white. And so they had way different rules, way different culture and expectations from their families. That then I would come home and I'd be like, oh, well, she's going out, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, she's allowed to go to sleepover. She's like, like, why can't I? And my mom always, no, 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 nosotros somos diferentes, la cultura, nuestra cultura es diferente, like, you just have to accept it. And I was super um combative i was like not happy about it i was you know kind it's of no rebellious. fair why it's not fair it's yeah not i didn't fair. understand <laughs> and now i value a lot of those things so much and if i have children one day i am sure i will be the same but you know of course at the time i was like well i don't get it i didn't have a lot of hispanic friends to under like understand that this was a cultural thing not just my mom being like crazy <laughs> my mom and dad so so, yeah i think it was my whole life for and even still um it's sort of finding that sometimes i didn't feel latina enough when i would go to visit family in colombia and puerto rico or whatever and then so and then here i certainly didn't feel american enough so i think that struggle um was something i dealt with for a long time i i kind of still Deal with, but it's not as much of a struggle now. Now I just accept like those are two parts of me. Like I don't have to be one or the other, and that's exactly how my music is. And and I even struggled with my music at first. I was doing really stuff in English, um, because I felt like all my friends would only understand my music if it was in English, of course. And then uh, I started kind of after a couple of years feeling like it wasn't authentic if I didn't have some Latino culture in there. So I started small just by putting in some, you know, phrases in Spanish. I'm fluent in Spanish and, um, you know, little things here, little things there, little, you know, rhythms that maybe I had picked up. Um, Maybe it's from salsa or bossa nova and whatever. And I think now I've really come to a place where I have found my sound um, and I The same way I found my identity where I do English and Spanish, you know, I, I, I It's representative of who I am, which is dual culture, you know, I can't pretend As much as maybe I would have liked that I grew up, you know, in Latin America with hearing the same, you know, I'm a little jealous of of you because you, know, you got to grow up hearing those incredible like rhythms like I know um, like Colombia especially Colombia is so known for having so many different types of beautiful rhythms yes. and hearing that in your music like tw- you know 24 7 every day is not something I experience like yes my parents played Latin music all the time don't get me wrong but it's different right as yes. as opposed to growing up in Latin America, hearing that like everywhere you go, you know, here it was I heard it in my house and that was pretty much it, you know, I then I go out and I hear, you know, I don't know, Christina Aguilera or whatever. Yes. <laughs> um, so, so I think it's, it's interesting. Um, it was a struggle for a while. And, and now I, I just love, love, love. I've always loved and been very proud to be Latina. But now I feel like I can authentically represent both sides of who i am you know having grown up here but having the latino culture
0: i think you know i think that that's very important that you bring awareness to that because it's something that you know a lot of youth is growing up with this you know duality of what do I fit in? Because you know, as humans, we always want to fit somewhere, right? I want to. I want to make it easy and find a spot for me, and then identify with that. But then, mm-hmm. life in general itself, it can be challenging when it comes to that because we have so many characteristics of whatever we were brought up to, to our culture, our ancestry, that it would be really difficult to close somebody in just one box. So I totally understand. That, that feeling of like trying to fit in in one spa, like growing up and being so sheltered because that's our culture, right? Overprotecting yes. sheltered, and always, it, it doesn't come from a place of control, it more comes from a place of, I wanna take care, I wanna make sure, uh, you know, I want things to be done correctly. And, you know, and, and in the Anglo culture, you know, the Anglo household, you uh, you see a little more relaxed when it comes to, you know, make those decisions, and a, little more, a little more trustful, excuse me, on making those decisions. And we didn't have that. Um, so taking a little bit of, you know, everything and build your character in yourself, I think it should be the new box. It should be. The new box is like it's not white, black, red, blue. Maybe you know, maybe it's a little, <laughs> a little light pink. Maybe a little gray, um, because <laughs> well, you we know, are they say the that. Same. Right, right.
1: And they, I've heard somewhere like some statistic that said, I forget in 2050 or 2060 or something, like almost everybody is going to be mixed. Like it's inevitable because people keep having kids with different partners. And it's like, okay, I'm already mixed. Then I'm going to have someone else who's <laughs> mixed. You know, it's like,
0: yeah. Yeah. Which is cool, which is awesome. I mean, it's fine. And, and as you grow an adult, you don't see those things that make you different when you're growing up and you realize Mm. you know what they're actually cool this is what actually sets me apart this is Mm -hmm. what actually I you know people can identify me by listen I can make a brand out of this well you know what I think think style I think yes I agree and I think that the thing is when
1: when I was you know I'm 30 so when I was growing up um there wasn't social media (laughs) it's so weird to say I just turned 30 like out loud I'm like I'm 30 oh yeah um (laughs) but you know there wasn't I was I'm still old enough that there wasn't social media at first you know and all that stuff so I I think kids are kind of lucky now that they that like I see it on TikTok or Instagram whatever like all these accounts which is so great of like people making fun kind of of their like latino parents how they're you know this or that and and then you see i'm only seeing now like uh, as those videos became popular in recent years like oh my gosh that's you know every you know latina it's, the only me. The it's not just me and i wish i had that when i was younger cuz
0: i was like oh it's just me like poor me
1: <laughs> you victimize
0: you know? victimize yeah, the story <laughs> when when every we all went going through it and you when you say like oh my god i'm so you know, I am so, so in this of you, you know, and I'm like, girl, growing up in my household, is like, <laughs> here, at least you have, like, you see it, right, and maybe yes. you might, you know, maybe on, on somebody's birthday, on your best friend's birthday, you might be able to stay till 11, <laughs> right, until 12, and then mom's like, I'll pick you up at midnight, or whatever, yeah, you might, I, you yeah. know, I yeah. would be like, it's, No, it's like, you are not going and I just like destroy. I remember I used to literally like clean up the house because that's another thing, ladies and gentlemen. Like, I don't know why our Latino parents teach. I mean, I learned how to clean and cook before I learned how to pro- probably build a sentence, I would say so. Mm-hmm. And yes. no allowance, no allowance. No it was allow- like, pardon. No, no, there's no allowance. And she would wake up in the morning, she would make me my lunch, mm-hmm. and that would be my allowance. Mm-hmm. My mm-hmm. lunch. So, <laughs> I anyway. asked my mom for allowance. That was
1: another thing that all my Anglo friends had, right? Oh, okay, so am I going to get an allowance? No. Your allowance is this roof <laughs> over your head, and then you get so
0: sleep. <laughs> exactly. And I remember it's like if a little party came up and I, you know, I get so excited and I'm extra good, extra good at school, extra, I'm extra cleaning the house. I waking up before her and I would clean the house, clean the kitchen, clean everything, everything is sparkling clean the entire week. Because I want her to let me go to this party where probably that cute little, little boy that I had a crush with, he was going to yep. be there. And I'm yep. like, Oh my God, I want to go. I want to go. The day off. The day of the party, she would be like, "No, you're not going." Ugh, it's the worst. <laughs> it's the worst. My, And there's absolutely nothing I can do. Like yell at her. No, I want to conserve my life. I can. I can no yell. At her. <laughs> I want to conserve
1: my life. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and you know, like like I said, luckily now we can see it's kind of we can laugh at it. You know, we know it comes from a place of love, yes. and we see that we're not alone. And it's a very common, I would say, not even just with Latinos, but with minority cultures in general. I was mm-hmm. I'm watching this show Never Have I Ever on Netflix, and like the main the main girl is cute. It's like a little love show, or whatever. But, but the yeah, you should check like at least a couple episodes because it's interesting. To, what I love to see is the main characters are an Indian family, which I've literally never seen on Netflix. So I'm very, like, Very, very
0: sheltered too, very sheltered Ooh. too.
1: And it's, it was so similar. Oh my gosh, everything her mom <laughs> says. I was having flashbacks to my childhood and I'm like, oh, this is great.
0: Like- <laughs> I think, yeah, I think that all, all these minorities or immigrant cultures that come here to the United yes. States, they, that's one part that I love it because, you know, they come with their own culture. Mm-hmm. And and it's just like yes, we're living here in this uh, very capitalist and progressive, uh, you know. To what we know, you know, when they talk about conservative here, and say like, boy, you don't want to know about conservative. I mm-hmm. thought conservative, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's like I think the United States, if it, if the United States really will experience what conservative. <laughs> I, I, it's funny, household mean? Yep. I think everybody would be like in the streets, all the kids and everybody be <laughs> in the street protesting and burning everything down. Everything like, no! would burn down. Yeah, yeah, forget it. Oh my god! I like, know, but it, you know, it's it's something that is part of of who we are, and now we can yeah. laugh about it. And I also installs a different kind of values to, when it comes to family and and, and morals. And mm-hmm. I kind of like that part. I think if we now as a parent, like doing it now, I think I want to embrace a little bit, a little things, you know, of you know America when it comes to um, a structure for business and mm. very disciplined when it comes to a goal. Um, but I still like, you know, that respect for family, for your elders, for whatever mom said, mom exactly. said it. That's it, you know. Uh, exactly you know, family first and... and Exactly. Yeah. And I
1: think every culture has its, of course, valuable things that, you know, there are certainly, like you said, things that I can take away from, from, you know, more American Western culture. Um, But I also, yes, very much value what, the the, the values that I grew up with. And I plan to also instill most of those
0: (laughs) in my children, Um, you know, yeah. So I have a thing now, your rhythms, your sound, where does it come from?
1: Honestly, so when I start a song, when I start to write a song, I am first moved by like a melody and sometimes lyrics. So it might not be any specific rhythm, if that makes sense. It's kind of just like like a dream i know it sounds funny but i just hear like little pieces almost like you're on a telephone with somebody but it's cutting out like i just hear that's how inspiration is for me i just hear these little pieces and i it doesn't necessarily have a set rhythm yet but once i have an idea i kind of just sit down with like pen and paper and i'm and i start to flesh it out i start to think like now i start to think okay what rhythm would like make these words sound really cool you know um or what genre. Like, if I know I want it to be, a oh, this is a song about, you know, cafe con leche, like, well, that sounds like a bossa nova to me. And I have a song called Latte de Banana. And literally, I was just like, this just sounds like warm, like kind of like carefree, like on the beach, like bossa nova. That's just what I thought. And then, well, we know what the rhythm for a bossa nova is. So, ahí está. Um, so I think it just depends more on like what the feeling of the song and what the... The, like content is, like what I'm talking about, then the rhythm, then I can decide the rhythm. And the rhythm might be from something I've heard. Uh, it's almost always from something that I've heard growing up or currently in music that kind of also inspires me. Like, I love like um, this guapango rhythm that I've heard, and I'm currently writing a song with that rhythm, you know, that kind of like the tu, 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 tu. and um. I also sometimes use American rhythms, you know, like the pop rhythm, um, the very, the one you hear in like every (laughs) song. So, um, and, and often that is kind of the same as a reggaeton rhythm actually, Mm -hmm. but it just depends what instruments you put. So honestly, my rhythms come from everywhere. They just come from things I'm hearing around me and I kind of just throw them in wherever I feel like they fit.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. So, you know, again, you are, Taking your music as you take your growing up, you're just taking a little bit of every experience, just taking a little bit of what yes. calls to you at the moment, and then just building a masterpiece exactly. out of that. That's 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 pretty neat and pretty unique because everybody have a different taste or everything that hits in a different note, right? Yeah. So it would be it, it, that will set you apart for the uniqueness. I love it. So, what got you to music? Um, I don't remember a time in my
1: life where I wasn't into music. <laughs> I, I really feel like I was just born, uh, like put on this earth for it or with a very deep love for it. So I remember as young as, I don't know, like seven years old, sitting eight years old, maybe sitting on the playground of the elementary school Yeah, with my notebook and just like writing lyrics I don't know why, I don't know where they came from. I just remember this image of like, you know, everyone's on the monkey bars or something and I'm like sitting and I'm just like I just like hear something that's not there. And I know it's in my head, I'm not crazy, but <laughs> I just start writing it down. And so and, and and at that age too, I told my music teacher. Luckily, in my school there was a music uh, choir, you know, every I want to say every day. And um, I told my teacher at the time, Mr. Dagan, I I, I was like, I really love singing, I love music, and I want to do everything I can like I want more. And luckily, he kind of like took me under his wing and had me start like um, singing competitions and just getting more into the local scene, just singing as much as I could. And they, it just like continued like middle school, high school. I was always in all the choirs. I, I was singing every single day. And then when I went to college, I studied music. I started a music group, an a- cappella group. And I started like writing more and, and playing shows. And, and then when I graduated college, I moved to Nashville. Um, and it's been a great ride ever since of continuing on that path.
0: You know, Nashville is being very known lately for having a lot of music and music developing there. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. There's like really good good support for music over there. Yes. You know,
1: New York used to be, I would say maybe maybe it was more like the 80s, 70s, like a great mecca for music. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, nowadays, it's really not such a hub the way... Nashville and LA really, really are. Um, And so I think I kind of knew that I started realizing that when I living in New York, my whole life, I was trying, you know, to kind of connect. And I did, you know, with, songwriters or singers in the area but it's just very difficult obviously everything is so expensive so you really need like a good day job while you're trying to figure out your music stuff and yes you know because music does not pay the bills when you're starting out so you know it's really hard and um and not just that but i think new york and i'm saying this as someone who loves new york but it's a very cutthroat new york culture there yeah. and it's not it's not an attitude of like oh how can i help you no it's like get out of my way i'm hustling and i'm you know move you know like let me do my thing like and figure it out
0: listen figure it out we all, if, if you make it off. here that's why i said you know if you make it here you can make it anywhere because and i think that made me tough
1: so. honestly i love that and it made me tough and yes if you can make it there you can make it anywhere and um i, I felt like I tried it for a couple years and I think, I thought, I don't even know how to break into the industry here because every time it felt like to meet someone who actually was successful in the industry was very difficult because they don't really wanna help you. They're like, see you as competition and I'm speaking generally. Yeah. Um, but then I took a trip here and it was actually like for fun um, or it was for a gig that I got hired for it, but I didn't ever plan to move to the South. Like, I'm a, like, I'm a Northern girl, but, but, um, I was just amazed by, like you said, the support, like, and, um, I had this, um, vision that it was all country music and sure there is a lot of country music, but it's not all country music, there's all kinds of music. And I'm not a country singer, so I was like, oh, Nashville, I don't know. I loved it. Let me tell you, I came down here, I loved it. I was like, oh, it's so cool. Like, everyone I meet just in a weekend trip here was like, oh, you're a singer? Like, yeah, I'd love to tell you about my time here. How can I help you? That's always the attitude here. How can I help you? Like, that Southern, warm, sort of, a little more warm, like, welcoming. Um, And that's, so, so that is important, you know, in, in such a cutthroat industry, like, the music industry, and so... I've lived here almost four years, and I do miss New York um, for many reasons, but I will say, like, to be a musician, like, this is a great place to be.
0: You're not the first person that I heard, you know, saying something like that, such a big statement, because it's true. Uh, And I think, you know, the culture of that cutthroat, you know, very... um, uh, ambitions, but yeah, very like let me take everything that comes my way. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Um, and LA, too, by the way, I felt like LA is very serious. And you know, you, s- you, yeah. you s- and when it comes to acting, LA is even worse. Acting and singing, right? right entertainment right. is like cutthroat. That's serious. Um, yeah, if you want a model, a uh, New York cutthroat, right? Miami cutthroat. This big model in industry, you know, cities usually they have a lot of energy and a lot of competition and that Mm kind of like allow to upcoming artists, talented Mm -hmm. artists to go, you know, through the cracks. It's like, come on now, you know, we're here to, to inspire other people. It's, you know, there's, there's so many, you know, uh, things that we can hear. It doesn't have to be like the same people, you know, it's, it's awesome to, to bring that energy into teaching and just make it environment. And I think that's great. And you're going to be a little more feedback and much better results from like smaller, you know, communities, a little more Southern oriented because we're going back to, you know, being a little more, your family a little more closeness, yeah, a little more yeah. homey. a little more collectivistic. Yeah. Yes. So yes, in in, yes. in the metropolis, everybody's like, you know, what, <laughs> yeah. You're on your own. You know, we're here. Yeah. We're all here struggling. Over there, it's like, you know what? No, this is mom and pops. Right. We
1: and and you. once again, you I it. fall in a place where I'm like in the middle of two cultures cool <laughs> because. <laughs> because honestly because i am anyone who meets me will tell you that i am like a serious hustler like i don't stop um but at the same time that's the only way you
0: can make it in the us that's the only way right Um,
1: but (laughs) but i value community and that and i respect this attitude of um you know how can i help you and let's help each other and let's build build each other up because that's very
0: hispanic yeah, exactly. Very, because very I, I think
1: that's part of it. I think that's part of it that I grew up with that warmness and, and you know, and and um, within my household, although it was in New York, right? Always this like duality. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I really have enjoyed my time here. And um, I will say like, there's some aspects of Southern culture that were a culture shock to me. You know, a lot of conservatives here compared to New York, obviously was was How one was major
0: that? thing. Let, let, let's um, talk about because now that now that, that you mentioned that, excuse me to yeah. interrupt because I have no. noticed I have noticed that you are very involved yes. uh, with uh, this opinion that you know that um, one of our legislators uh, you mm-hmm. know put out there, and we're talking about mm-hmm. you know what is being talked about when it comes to women's rights and. Yeah and abortion and everything that is being talked about lately so i know that you have done some work and i bring some awareness through your music and you have done some uh, presentations around that so tell me how was you know a new yorker you know very progressive new york i love new york love it (laughs) love it um very progressive you know very open very progressive you know i live you know i live in the bay area in san francisco so that's kind of like what i you know i am yeah you know it's it's like you can do whatever in san francisco you can be whoever you want trust me from the bottom of my heart nobody cares (laughs) yeah no listen you can be Literally, you can wear a. You can be a male six three, wear a tutu for brunch, and show up with your tutu, and you and, and you feel like you are Tinkerbell, and I you have your it. wings. Oh my! You put on your wings, six three, your wings and a tutu, and you decided that you just want to go to a brunch. Nobody cares. No, I'm here for it. Nobody I love looks it. at you. Nobody gives you dirty looks. Nobody assumes that you're gay, straight, bi, whatever.
1: To contrast contrast that, right? Not even going to go as far as a tutu. Literally, when the pandemic started.
0: Yeah. And
1: so remember, all my friends and family are in New York. So I, and New York was like ahead of the curve, right? They were the first ones to get hit so bad. So I was hearing the stories, right? January, February, March. I would say, well, no, let's say March, April, right? March, April of 2020, right? When I first began. I'm hearing all the horrible stories. I'm hearing from my aunts and my uncles, like, you know, they're seeing like, bodies piled up in the streets put in, because there's not enough room. With I mean horrible stuff. New York got hit so, really hard. Oh yeah and 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 so at my point uh, uh, living in Tennessee at our point at that point we had not seen like that spike yet right this was like maybe maybe March of 2020. So but I knew what was coming because I'm hearing from my friends and my family how bad it is over there yeah. you know so no one's wearing a mask here now that, and, and when masks first start coming out whatever I'm put it on i got stared at i swear like i was a monkey like i was a monkey wearing i don't know alien from what in a tutu whatever i'm like it's just a (laughs) mask, you know and then of course eventually everyone started doing when it was mandatory but for months i got looked at like
0: i was crazy so it's a different culture (laughs) i went to i during literally in the middle of the pandemic i went on to a road trip um And we decided to go to Yellowstone and we go, you know, you know, Yellowstone, you know, Montana. (laughs) (laughs) Wyoming, Wyoming and Montana, you know what I mean? Yellowstone, all these people from the Bay Area. So I remember it was like this super amazing, these people have the best barbecue over there. Oh my God. So I listened, the best barbecue. So, and I'm like, you know, listen, I'm like. I love everybody and yes I'm gonna protect myself my daughter has asthma like and I don't want to get the mm. heebie-jeebies, like whatever I don't want to mm-hmm. have it whatever you survive mm-hmm. from me or you don't survive I don't want to have it I don't want to get sick yeah so I I we came from the bay area and we have like masks and and shields mm. and then we go into <laughs> we go <laughs> I already know yeah gloves you know so when we are like, like at the park or, you know, at the Grand Tetons or whatever we went for high school, we were fine, right? Because it's just us, our group. But then when we went to like a place with, you know, like other people. Right. We have a mask. Nobody was wearing nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing. So we go and then we don't want to go inside. We wanna wait. We order the food to go to our place and just went outside. And I literally caught people like taping us. <laughs> <That's> cr- oh <laughs> like my god! And I'm like, I don't care. That's Listen, terrible. I don't live here, so yeah. yeah, I don't care. I I don't want to get the jibby So kind of like <laughs> that was my attitude. Like kind of like, oh, I a bye. What brought you That's the thing. Yeah. so much attention to what's happening right now through your music?
1: So, well, let me just start by saying I've always been very aware of like what's going on with human rights. So I think that's just something that I've been extremely passionate about my whole life. I almost went into law <laughs> to be an immigrant, uh, immigrant's rights lawyer. Um, if I hadn't done music, that's what I would be doing because I'm very, very passionate about people who I feel like don't have, aren't given a voice or the opportunity to stand up for themselves or they're trying, but they're not heard. Um, so I have songs, my first song ever, my first like single that I put on, you know, the platforms or whatever, like six years ago was um, a song for immigrant rights. And that was at the time where, you know, um, Trump was in office. And when Trump was in office and all these kids were in cages and, and there, you know, there are still kids in cages, unfortunately, but the number was all time high and All these, you know, they're trying to take away DACA and all this stuff. And I have friends and family who had to return to Latin America because they graduated college and they couldn't DACA was not being offered anymore. So I was pissed. I released a song called Espíritu de León. Just
0: and for the people like, that don't know before, can yes, you ed- yes. educate them a little bit about DACA? Because there's a lot yes. of people that don't know about that.
1: Sure, right. Basically, DACA is uh, a program for uh, people who are not adults, so students, um, and, um, immigrant students. And basically, if their parents are undocumented and these kids are undocumented, they're allowed to legally be here and study because they're getting an education and that's worth something, because they're going to contribute to our society. So I think it's a great program. Um, And, you know, it's basically, if you're doing something with your life, and you're going to contribute to the United States, then you can stay, you know, you can stay. Yeah. So uh, that program, they were trying to end it. Um, They did end it for a while. And so as a protest, as a form of protest, because to answer your question, essentially, I feel like music is my way of my only tool my main tool of being able to bring awareness to things and I use that to the best of my ability so um, at the time I wrote an anthem for um, and I'm not DACA but I have a lot of friends and family who are so I wrote it from a perspective of like someone who was who was DACA or just immigrants in general struggling with what what they were struggling at that time under that administration Um, so it was just like an encouragement like I hear you I see you you know whatever and then i think the the next like really main social justice theme song i i would say was i released a song about a year ago called mujeres will riot and so that starts to get more into like you were saying the women's rights territory um
0: will riot
1: mujeres will riot and i i have a music video on youtube it's really great you should check it out and um i say that because at the end of the music video i have more information about what inspired the song and stuff and, and that was basically what happened with Vanessa Guillen and um, you know
0: what this is so cool I just interviewed um a few weekends ago one of the activists mm-hmm. that is, is being really all oh, he's being really uh outspoken and leading a case of when it comes to protest with my Vanessa Guillen she's an ex um military she's a she oh, wow. national guard so she is so I'm, I'm very familiar with that case. And that case just brought a lot of, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> hey, women's rights issues is nothing new, right? But no. um, I was so moved by what I was seeing in the news at the time um, and just hearing her story. And yeah, for those who don't know, basically, she was a soldier. I think most people know, but some don't, you know. Yeah. Um, she was um, a soldier uh, and she was at the Fort, uh, what is it, Fort Worth? uh base work in texas, in te- in
0: texas yeah. yes
1: and basically she was sexually harassed she was murdered and then it got uncovered like a bigger thing that there hey. were other people who were harassed and you know
0: it the, women, the, you what's know. what was sad about that is she was she was spoken about the fact that she was being harassed and that's something right she
1: reported and that's the bigger thing that's the bigger thing is that, that is it's really thing. not just it's not just about her but it's more like she's the face of the, the bigger issue which is that the military she's has not been providing Enough safety measures to protect women. You know, basically, you try to report something, and this is such a common thing that you hear about in the military, and then it goes nowhere, or you get, you know, the guys come after you, or whatever it might be. You know, there's retaliation. There's a it's lot of a safe place there's a people. lot of
0: you know administrative retaliation, yes. and it's a very, you know, what we call you know, vulgarly vulgarly clicking yeah. clicks. You know, the click right. the click is just um, losing speaking, uh, it's like if you're not part of the clique, then you're against the clique. You know, so that's kind of like what happened. That it was been happening, and this particular case of somebody get known, she she spoke about it, she she made a report, she told her family uh, there was, and then for her to be for her to it's be so disappear and the the way that she was disappear. You know what I mean? Ridiculous, just ridiculous. Um, and there was multiple
1: people involved like that's the yes. thing it's like crazy yeah it's crazy yeah, it's so it's cool. a systemic issue and that just pissed me off again and um and i don't i don't sit here and then like think like oh what's the next social cause i can it's just whatever inspires me when i'm writing that day and i, I saw the news and i just immediately i remember i was sitting at my parents i was visiting them at the time i just started writing i wrote the whole song like in like 10 minutes nice. and it was during the pandemic so i knew like in general, the best way to get people to hear your music, and so to bring awareness to this issue, was to have a music video because people want something to watch. Um, But because of the pandemic, I couldn't um, have other people in my video with me really. Yeah. Which sucked, like I wanted to go out and like film like people protesting, women's, women protesting because there were so many marches and stuff, but it was with COVID, it just, I just couldn't. So I ended up, Uh, using like using home videos from some friends some of them have been in the military with signs holding up statistics that women go through in general because it's not just about Vanessa she inspired me but just in general like you know the systemic issues like you were saying um and I I dressed up as some of my inspirations who I feel like have been helpful for moving women forward in their own way I I I, not dressed up as but kind of like took fashion inspiration from um, Rita Moreno um uh, you know Joan Baez uh and Frida Kahlo you know people who I feel like we're in spring my, my music is tends these, to be positive you know amazing
0: strong historic women uh, that know, have, women yeah that have, have, they have been pioneers in mm-hmm. in bringing that awareness to the pain that we go through on a daily exactly. basis
1: exactly exactly so That's that was awesome. about a year ago and then finally that brings us to what you're speaking on was um the the abortion protests that have been going on yeah. um, abortion rights um protests mm-hmm. that have been going on and um actually a friend texted me with a, one of the protests that was going on i think it was last how do you found out that?
0: about it how the first time that you found out about it and my friend actually texted i actually so
1: i i had seen on the news and like in little facebook groups and stuff that there were going to be protests all over the country i think it was technically like um promoted or like uh, announced by planned parenthood i want to say um and i have friends here who are very like feminist like action driven more even than me involved in that scene like they're always at protests and things so one of them texted me actually and was like are you coming to the protest tonight And I was like, yeah, I was I was thinking about coming and she was like, will you perform a song because um, we we would love to like have that be part of It's very last minute like it was literally within 24 hours and she called me the morning of the protest was like, can you come and just do a song and I was like, of course, I will always do whatever I can, if I can, you know, bring awareness. So um, it was actually that song will riot because she said, do you have a song that you'd like that really speaks to the issue? And I was like, I have a perfect song for this. <laughs> so I, I sit up there and, um, I was like, Mujeres Will Riot has Spanish components to it. Like, um, one of the main things that I repeat is no me quedare calladita, uh, no me, no me quedare tranquila
0: because of that I never very like, like, I would never settle.
1: Yes. Because, um, as you know, in, in many, um, older generations of Latin culture, there was this very popular saying of calladita se ve mas bonita. Mas bonita. yeah, mm-hmm. that's,
0: oh my god, we grow up with that, and that's formal. Luckily, I
1: did not, I did not personally grow up with that, because my mom is younger, yes. she, you know, um, but I am very, very aware, you know, and I, I've heard it said in our yes. culture
0: often, and, and what and that means know, for those of us who doesn't know that. yeah for those mm-hmm. who don't know calladita is like when you're quiet you're the prettiest mm-hmm. it's almost like mm-hmm. it's almost like a, a dig to women it, it's something that ugh, god it's so awful it's the we, the american you know, version that is we, just smile more just, just smile more <laughs> it, it's 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 such a like i hated it it's like it's It's a way of demeaning your strength. It's like you, uh, you will be. Nobody has to listen to your opinions. Kind of like that. It's like why? Like why? This is ridiculous. So I, I I get it. I get it. You know, and you
1: know, it's funny. I don't feel like I've really heard men say that. I've actually heard women say that, you know, abuelitas. And you know, and it's it's funny because if you think about it, it's like, wow, why is another woman like giving me this advice? You I know, think, but we've
0: internalized that, you know. I think, you know, when it comes to our grandparents and our older older generation, you know, for people to understand Hispanic culture is is very shelter. Yes. You know, and, and you know, women, back in the day, because this is, we're talking about back in the day. Now the culture has completely changed and women have found this strength within ourselves. And it's like, no, we're not going to do this. I am not going to be quiet. Don't, don't tell me to smile more. Like, don't tell me to be quiet and settle. Like, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But back in the day, it was a big deal because remember that it's not that grandma it was submissive. It's that grandma was avoiding the outbursts of grandpa you know right. grandpa True. was a man grandpa was and, and when he when he entered the the house everybody and their kids even grandma has like house, mm-hmm. house is immaculate kids are fed everybody's mm-hmm. clean nobody's making noise grandpa's about to eat he has the the best meal he has it's like you know what i mean and if your grandma says something he will like it Will be an outburst So Mm -hmm. in a way, I guess she found, you know, a way of keeping things settled in the house. And we're talking Mm -hmm. about very, you know, what we call machistas, you know? Yes. Machismo culture. Yeah. Yeah. Machismo culture. So that's, that's what she experienced. So -hmm. she found a way to tell her kids thinking, you know, just to, that everything is going to remain the same that you need to just keep things down. So you will, it's like an, a survival, you know, mood. But what happened? Yeah. Happened that we experienced that. We grew up with that. Well, the, the ones who had the experience to do that. I, I, I was raised by a single mom, so it, it was completely different. Mm-hmm. But um, the ones who experienced that, they were like, you know what? No, absolutely not i'm mm-hmm. not gonna do that you're not gonna talk to my mom like that mm-hmm. and you're not gonna mm-hmm. talk to me like that and i have the same rights as my brother if he mm-hmm. i get up and i have to clean and then my mom is like go feed your brother i'll be like absolutely no he can feed himself he, they him to get up and he, he does you know i women are not here to serve like mm-hmm. and be quiet like back in the day this is a choice you know, exactly. I choose exactly. to serve you. I choose to, not serve you, to do things in the house, but we're a team. Back in the day, it was kind of different. Um, mm-hmm. I am so glad that things have changed and everybody have found their strengths within and, and have yeah,
1: realized
0: guys I, I can't imagine being
1: born at the time of, you know, our grandparents. I, I think they're very, our grandmothers were very strong women to yes. to deal with what they dealt with um but times are different and and yet exactly. right there's still this battle it's 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 not how overt, do you feel you know? about
0: that how do you feel about this whole um abortion abortion
1: i don't think that here's the thing i don't think that a, the people who are making these decisions have the right to make those decisions for us. I respect that some women, especially in Hispanic culture, I know like, abortion. you know, Catholicism, abortion is seen as a sin. And you know what, I understand, you know, I have parents who, you know, at least one of my parents I know feels that way too. And yet they would support me still having the right whether even though they they believe it's a sin from their religion, like if we made all of our lives on religion, the
0: yeah. We, we can't do that.
1: <laughs> then we <laughs> would have a lot of different rules.
0: So that's the thing. We can't we can't so, go based off religion and, and I mean so, you know, I, I feel that the, the world will implode if we base everything on religion. So what are we gonna do with our Muslims exactly friends? what are we gonna do with our Hindu friends that they don't mm-hmm. believe, you know, in, in mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, they don't believe in Allah, they don't believe in the Quran. Of the Bible, so what do we do with our you know Punjabis and our good rats our, our Indian friends? What what do we do with our Asian friends? You know that don't believe in any of that, and and they have exactly a different belief and also respect for their culture and their world, right? That don't make them less of a people. That make it's just it's just a choice, you know. Exactly, everybody, and that's that's the whole thing, right?
1: Isn't this whole country about having choices about you know? So I, I absolutely, you know, stand with women who are fighting for, to keep our rights, to have that choice, to have that choice. How difficult is that to, in to the South? <laughs> um, I don't want to speak for all of, you know, the South or all of Nat, like I say there is, let me, let me start over. There is a lot, there are a lot of more conservatives here, you know, yeah. like I said before, however, mm-hmm. like Nashville itself. Mm-hmm is way more progressive than the surrounding areas you know what i mean because it's a yeah. it's a city yeah. so i will say like i do have a lot of supportive like friends people i know who absolutely stand for you know women's rights and having a choice you know etc but that being said yes it's the south and it's more i feel like of a battle here especially um so for example if everything continues in the trajectory it was continuing with these laws and they in the they get Um, Roe v. Wade gets overturned. Um, New York would still be a place where you can safely have an abortion because they're they're a safe haven, just like California. Mm -hmm. However, in Tennessee and in 20-something other states of the South, there's something called trigger laws. So basically years ago, they kind of set the pieces in place where as soon as like this is overturned, yeah, it's it's illegal. It's done. Like, and that's crazy to me so, so endangering that, it's troubling
0: that, the things that it's not um it's not eliminating the problem because you know th- these oh no people are still gonna get them ha- yeah these acts will still happen but yeah. what's gonna happen is like endangering the human who's doing this yeah. it's like you know you know the person that's going through uh this experience will still have her experience We you know the event will still happen but it's not going to happen in the most the, the, the safest of the conditions you know what I mean and that's exactly. the sad that's the sad part that um, people have to get into those you know streams um, politics yeah. is something that is been rocking negatively mm. <laughs> mm. in the most negative release for you know a few years now mm-hmm and um I also feel that you know our body is has been uh it's been you know used as the pawn of politics for the long mm. yeah like a pawn yeah, yeah absolutely it's it's been used as the pawn of politics for the longest um not cool and I always say you know we have I, we have to not stay cool, cool. Let's it's let's stay cool, cool. no cool. uncle. <laughs> and
1: as women, I feel like yeah, our bodies. But like being part of being a woman is like, I know every single woman out there has felt like a pawn in some way, and then to feel that way at an institutional level with your body is insane. Is just unacceptable. And then as Latina women, it's like twofold because as Latinos and as 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 immigrants, I know coming from an immigrant family, like how we've also felt like pawns like in in the past administration did they really care about you know getting rid of or keeping out all the immigrants they didn't even finish the wall so that wasn't really it was a political it was a it was a political move and that was just a pawn immigrants were just pawns you know and so i just feel like it's it's terrible and i'm not going to always like feel like it's my I don't feel like it's my duty, you know, 100% of the time to stand on a soapbox and, and speak on everything political all the time, because I'm still learning, too, as I go, and I don't know, you know, all the ins and outs of politics, but all I can do is express myself on what I feel like is just, to me, black, white, right and wrong, black and white. And so, you know, there are issues that may be more complicated, but as far as having a human right to like have a choice and have safety of your body yeah. or you know be able to seek refuge in a country like this because you know there's too much gang violence or political unrest and you know you want to just go to school and work like i'm gonna always support those things and try to bring awareness to any laws that try to take away those things from people like me or my family
0: i i i definitely understand that and and And, you know, use our outlets just to kind of like wrap up here. um, This interview is, is very admirable, you know, to have the courage to use an outlet to bring awareness to whatever is affecting you directly or indirectly. We have encountered a culture, a very cowardly culture where it's okay as long as it's not affecting me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I or, or the culture of like, listen, I, it doesn't involve me. I, everything is cool over here, so let me just leave. But what about like the biggest atrocities in history have happened when everybody turns the blind eye to it? Exactly. And I can go on and off and make this podcast be super sad about that, and I would not do that. But the biggest, the biggest atrocities in the world have happened when people turn the blind eye. So if you have an outlet. If you have an outlet to bring awareness to whatever is affecting you directly and indirectly, do it. You know, do it. Just speak your mind. Stay strong. Have the courage to say, you know, what you actually feel. And you never know, you you might end up helping a lot of people or at least, you know, bringing awareness you're gonna at least give whoever is going through such a struggle at the moment or that struggle at the moment just give her the the chance of feeling supportive you know like this person is not alone um women's rights is something that is is been oh my god it's a struggle for many many centuries you know we have We have been able to prove ourselves over and over again, but with the biggest struggle from from having the right to sit next to to whoever you want, to marry whoever you want, to vote, to work, to have a driver's license. Everything has been a struggle, and I don't think that we're ever going to stop regardless of what the world throw us or our, our politicians try to convey in, in able to gain their popularity, we are not going to stop, you know? That's right. So, <laughs> so with all <laughs> of that, I have to say, you know what? Love everybody, be strong, be courageous, believe in yourself and do everything that you do unapologetically. Mm. yes that's it just let's live our best life and live it in the most unapologetic way so thank you so much (laughs) karina for 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 staying here for sharing your opinions for sharing your experience for sharing your talent and um just tell everybody where they can find you where's your music at where we can reach you and see your beautiful talent (laughs) Tell everybody. <laughs> you can find me Karina Daza or Karina Daza <laughs> on all
1: the platforms uh, wherever you listen to music Spotify YouTube Apple Amazon everywhere I'm everywhere so I would love 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 to connect
0: with you guys Instagram <laughs> and yeah so come on everybody come and listen to Karina she's super talented she's Hispanic she's a Hispanic American she's a Puerto Rican Colombian American <laughs> and she's awesome she's super cool she's she's pro women's right and if you have some sense out there whatever you are just listen to that you should be pro women's right pro people's life nice. <laughs> and with that thank you so much for coming Karina thank you for thank you. joining us and thank you everybody who's listening to us uh, You, thank you for listening to Tele with Tutti thank you for you know giving me the opportunity to come into your space and just bring you some leisure to your life you can find us in all the major podcast streams Spotify Amazon Music Audible iHeartRadio, and whatever Whatever you listen to, you know, to your podcast, you'll put television, you'll find me there. (laughs) Thank you so much, everybody, and see you soon. Bye-bye.